It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. This is 10.05 p.m. on Sunday, May 14th, 2017. Good evening, everyone. This is Mr. WCWS Chad Henshaw of the WCWS Radio Network. As, of course, I invite you each and every night, each and every Sunday night with our, of course, our lineup of all the shows here of the coming week of the WCWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. Of course, in addition to that, we'll be bringing you tonight, uh, today's wrestling history here, <coughs> which will include something very, very special indeed, and I will bring that up here in just a few moments. And, of course, right after that, we'll be bringing you, of course, our lineup here of the number of downloads, an update of the number of downloads from yesterday's Power Hour, uh, courtesy of TalkShoe.com, of all of our shows this past week as well. So let's not waste any time here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go ahead and dive right on into it. As far as we're going to start off with the rest of history, there is quite a bit of it here tonight. Um, <clears throat> and, of course, you'll be hearing this, I'm sure, uh, tomorrow on Raw Radio from the human suplex machine, John Gross. Because he will, in addition to bringing you the history for tomorrow, he will definitely be bringing you history from this past Saturday and Sunday. But as always, of course, we try to also bring in a little bit early, so that way you'll have a... Heads up on what on, on what happened, but of course the human suppress machine will no doubt mention it again. But that's quite all right. I mentioned it more than once. Of course, is uh, is 
know, kind of helps keep everybody informed of that. And, of course, a lot of people at halftime may not realize that that particular moment happened on a certain day. So there you go. <coughs> but let's go ahead and dive, on, dive on into it here, of course, on this uh, uh, Mother's Day here, May 14th. Of course, all the mothers had a great uh, Mother's Day this uh, today, shared it uh, with your uh, children, uh, young young or older children, but still, I mean, we all love our mothers nonetheless. So God bless them all, and uh, <clears throat> and, we thank, we, and we thank you for giving us what we hold dear. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and dive right, dive right into the rest of history here first for today, May the 14th. Forty-three years ago today, which would put it at 1974, yes, Giant Baba defeated Mr. Wrestling in the finals to win the All Japan Pro Wrestling Champion Carnival. It's his second straight tournament title. He would go on to win. Go. He would go one to win a third straight tournament the next year and eight of the first ten overall. The only two he did not win were 1976 and 1979. Both were both of those were won by Abdullah the Butcher. 34 years ago today, which would put it at 1983 in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Carlos Colon, the father of Carlito and uh, uh, Primo and Epico, currently in the WWE, defeated the late Ox Baker to win the WWC Heavyweight Championship. 27 years ago today, which would put it at uh, 1990, Ole Anderson replaces Ric Flair as the head booker of WCW. Flair constantly clashed with then WCW Executive Vice President Jim Hurd over creative differences, ultimately leading Flair to resign from the position back in March and would play a part in Flair leaving WCW altogether just over a year later. Anderson's booking, highlighted infamously by Sting being rescued by Robocop at Capital Combat and the Black Scorpion saga, led WCW to then record losses, $6.5 million for the year, and only to be fired from his position just after seven months. <coughs> 23 years ago today, which would put it at 1994, ECW presented When Worlds Collide from the ECW Arena in Philadelphia. The show's hook was a main event tag team match featuring WCW's Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. And here are the matches that took place at this event. Tommy Dreamer defeated Rockin' Rebel. Mikey Whipwreck defeated 911 by DQ to retain the ECW World Championship, World TV Championship, excuse me. Jimmy Snuka defeated Kevin Sullivan. Tommy Cairo and Peaches defeated Sandman and Woman in a Singapore cane match. As a result of getting pinned, Sandman was caned. Peaches only got three shots in on Sandman before Woman threw powder in her face. Pitbull number one defeated Tasmaniac. J.T. Smith and the Bruise Brothers, Ron and Don Harris, defeated Shane Douglas, Mr. Hughes, and Public Enemy, of course, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge, in a three-on-four handicap elimination match. Sabu and Bobby Eaton, in the final match here, Sabu and Bobby Eaton defeated Terry Funk and Arn Anderson. 22 years ago today, which would put it at, uh, let's see, 1995, WWF presented the first ever In Your House from the Onondaga Royal Memorial Coliseum in Syracuse, New York. About 7,000 were in attendance with 180,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. 
though some estimates have it as high as 261,000 to 332,000 buys. The hook of the In Your House series was a two-hour, later three-hour pay-per-view for the lower price compared to their major pay-per-view offerings, which of course at the time was WrestleMania, King of the Ring, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and the Royal Rumble. <coughs> this particular show, retroactively subtitled Premiere, had a second hook. One viewer would win a house. Like a real house, it was won by 11-year-old Matthew Papaselli of Henderson, Nevada. If you're wondering what happened to the house, Matt sold it just six months later for $175,000. Oh, wow. And here are the matches that took place at this pay-per-view. In a pre-show free-for-all match, Jean-Pierre Lafitte defeated Bob Holly. Bret Hart defeated Rakushi. Razor Ramon defeated Jeff Jarrett and the Roadie. Mabel defeated Adam Bomb. Owen Hart and Yokozuna defeated the Smoking Guns, Bart and Billy, to retain the World Tag Team titles. Jerry Lawler defeated Bret Hart. Diesel defeated Psycho Sid to retain the WWF title. And there are several post-show dark matches that took place at this event. Number one, Bam Bam Bigelow defeated Tatanka. Number two, The Undertaker defeated Kama. And number three, the British Bulldog fought Owen Hart to a 15-minute time in the draw in a King of the Ring qualifying match. Hmm. <coughs> 19 years ago today, which would put it at 1998, ECW presented It Ain't Seinfeld from the Elks Lodge in Queens, New York. Of course, anyone watching ECW could obviously see it's not Seinfeld, but the name did have meaning. The show did take place on the night of the final episode of NBC's popular comedy series, Seinfeld. For the record, the Seinfeld series finale was seen by an estimated 76.8 million viewers, the fifth most watched series finale in TV history, behind MASH, Roots, Cheers, and The Fugitive. It's also regarded among the worst series finales in television history. It Ain't Seinfeld is also notable for Taz introducing a new championship belt, the FTW, Yes, it is what you think it stands for, heavyweight title. A pot shot at Shane Douglas' reluctance due to injury to give Taz an ECW world title shot. Portions of this event aired on the May 20th and June 3rd episodes of ECW Hardcore TV. And here are the matches that took place at this event. Jerry Lynn defeated Justin Credible. Supernova and the Blue Meanie defeated the FBI, Little Guido and Tracy Smothers. Lance Storm defeated Balls Mahoney. Chris Candido defeated Jamie Dundee. Sabu defeated Danny Doring. RVD and Mikey Whipwreck went to a no contest in an ECW World TV title match. The Dudley Boys, Big Dick, Bubba Ray, and Devon Dudley, defeated Spike Dudley, The Sandman, and Tommy Dreamer. 17 years ago today, which was put it at the year 2000, ECW presented Hardcore Heaven from the Rave in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. In an interesting bit of trivia, the building was also hosting a concert at the same time, and the power went out briefly during the show. And here are some of the matches that did take place. In a pre-show dark match, Chili Willie defeated Johnny Swinger. Masato Tanaka defeated Balls Mahoney. Little Guido defeated Mikey Whipwreck and Simon Diamond in a three-way dance. Kid Cash defeated C.W. Anderson. Supernova and Chris Chetty defeated the Baldies, Angel and Tony DeVito, 
and Danny Doring and Amish Roadkill in a three-way dance. New Jack defeated Angel. Yoshihiro Tajiri defeated Steve Carino. Rhino defeated the Sandman to retain the ECW World TV title. Gary Lynn defeated RVD. And Just Incredible defeated Lance Storm to retain the ECW World Heavyweight title. It was Lance Storm's final match with the company as he was heading for WCW. Tommy Dreamer was originally scheduled to be involved in the match, but Just Incredible threatened to vacate the championship and spit on it unless Tommy Dreamer was removed from the match, got Tommy removed from the match. Twelve years ago today, which you put it at 2005, tickets for ECW One Night Stand went on sale and sold out that very day. Tickets went for the event at the Hammerstein Ballroom for the ECW reunion show went for as much as $400. Twelve years ago today, <clears throat> to put it at 2000 and also 2005, yes, Mike Quackenbush defeated B-Boy Kevin Steen and Super Dragon in an elimination match to win CZW's Best of the Best 5 tournament. Eleven years ago today, we put it at 2006, TNA presented Sacrifice from the Impact Zone at Universal Orlando. Jushin Liger defeated Petey Williams in a World X Cup match. America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm, defeated AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels to retain the NWA World Tag Team's titles. Raven defeated A1. Bobby Roode defeated Rhino. The James Gang, BG, James, and Kit James, defeated Team 3D, Brother Ray, and Devon. Petey Williams won a World x Cup gauntlet match. Other participants in the match were Minoru Tanaka, Puma, Chris Saban, Hiroki Goto, Incognito, Johnny Devine, Sanjay Dutt, Black Tiger 4, Magno, Eric Young, Alex Shelley, Jushin Lager, Shocker, Tyson Du, and Jay Lethal. Sting and Samoa Joe defeated Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner. And Christian Cage defeated Abyss in a full metal mayhem match to retain the NWA World Heavyweight title. Nine years ago today, <clears throat> which I put it at uh, 2008, Ring of Honor announced that they would make their Canadian debut in July at the Ted Reeves Arena in Toronto. The company also announced that Jay Briscoe would vacate the ROH World Tag Team Championship on behalf of his team. Jay's brother and tag team partner, Mark, at the time was out with a wrist injury. Jay said in a statement that he realized it, it felt wrong to be defending the belt without Mark as his partner. Mark returned two months later, but it wouldn't be until late 2009 before the Briscoes would be tag champions again. We have a, a very special birthday here. <clears throat> Today we have a, it's a very happy 32nd birthday for Matthew Brent Hardona. Less than one time as Brett Major. He's known these days as Zach Ryder. The Long Island born and, and raised Cardona, he's actually from Merrick, New York, began wrestling in 2004 for the New York Wrestling Connection with Brian Myers before being picked up by WWE in 2005. He wrestled for the developmental properties Deep South Wrestling and Ohio Valley Wrestling before joining the main roster in May 2007 as Brett Major. He teamed with Brian Myers, who was Brian Major, as the Major Brothers. They saw limited success until joining the La Familia stable as, double as doppelganger edges at Armageddon. The two were repackaged and renamed Kurt Hawkins, which was Brian, 
and Zack Ryder, which was Matthew. The two won the WWE Tag Team Titles at the Great American Bash in July 2008 in a four-team match. The win made the duo both 23 at the time, the youngest team to win this version of the tag titles in WWE history. La Familia fractured over the remainder of the summer, but Hawkins and Ryder continued to team up, but would lose the tag titles just two months after winning them to the Colognes, Primo, and Carlito without a single successful defense on television. The duo split up after Ryder was sent to ECW in the 2009 Supplemental Draft. Ryder debuted a new gimmick soon after. He became a long, Long Island Guido with short hair, tan skin, sunglasses, and a headband. One could say is based off the hit MTV reality series, Jersey Shore, a writer's gimmick predates the series by a few months. His most notable wins came in September where he won a 10-man battle royal for an ECW title match and a loser-leaves ECW match where he, where he forced Tommy Dreamer out of the company. When ECW ended in February 2010, Ryder and his valet, Rosa Mendez, moved to Raw. His valet, Mendez, was moved soon after the 2010 supplemental draft to SmackDown. His most notable bout that year came in August when Sheamus defeated Zack Ryder in just 11 seconds to retain the WWE title. The bout was the second shortest WWE title match ever. That same summer, Ryder mentored Titus O'Neil on the second season of NXT. Ryder lost to Percy Watson on the July 27th episode, the first time a rookie defeated the pro in a singles match that season. As for his rookie O'Neill, he was the first man eliminated from the competition. Ryder grew dissatisfied with his place in WWE, so he began a YouTube web series called Z, True Island, True Long Island Story in February 2011 to promote his character. The series grew a cult fan following, and his t-shirts began selling out regularly at WWE events. Chance of We Want Ryder became frequent, especially on shows he didn't on shows that he did not appear on. Thanks to the web series, Ryder began appearing on a, on a more frequent basis on WWE programming. In July 2011, Ryder was appointed to the assistant to then SmackDown General Manager Theodore Long. That September, Ryder defeated Dolph Ziggler in a non-title match. Ziggler was U.S. champion at the time, with help from actor Hugh Jackman. Ryder got his first Raw main event in November, but was a losing effort as The Miz and R-Truth defeated Ryder and John Cena. In December at TLC, Ryder defeated Ziggler to win the U.S. title, his first singles title in WWE. In the new year, Ryder would be in a romantic storyline with Eve. Because Ryder was friends with John Cena, that made them targets for Kane, who tried to encourage Cena to embrace hate. Ryder suffered a rib injury at the hands of Kane, who would play a part in losing the U.S. title without a successful defense on television to Jack Swagger. Ryder would never get a return match for the title. The attacks by King would escalate over the next few weeks, eventually confining Ryder to a wheelchair. After Cena saved Eve from Kane, the two kissed, which Ryder saw, which, which was awkward. After a confrontation with Cena, Kane wheeled Ryder off the stage, injuring him further. His ego got it worse, though, as Eve admitted to using Ryder for fame and, pub and publicity. Ryder was convinced by Eve to join Team Teddy for the 12-man tag bout at WrestleMania. 28 against Team Johnny for full, for full control of Raw and SmackDown. Eve distracted Ryder, kicked him in the groin, and cost Team Johnny the match. Ryder wrestled sporadically for the next few months, including losing the cane at over the limit at the, at the over the limit pre-shows. 
and winning a 20-man battle royal to earn general manager duties for an episode of SmackDown in July. Roddy's career, which began a downward spiral in 2012, went into a full tailspin after that, appearing mostly on superstars and losing all his singles, singles bouts on Raw and SmackDown. In fact, his only notable win on Raw in 2013 came in September when he was part of an 11-man team that defeated The Shield. Ryder would not win on Raw again until July 21, 2014 when he defeated Fandango with help from Layla. Ryder took time off to repair his torn rotator cuff in November 2014. He would return to the 2015 Royal Rumble and would be quickly eliminated by Bray Wyatt. He was also quickly eliminated in the Andre the John Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania 31. In May, Ryder would be the open challenger for, the, for John Cena's United States Championship. Despite having home field advantage, the event was at the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island. Cena would retain the after Ryder missed a 450 splash. Ryder would lose another open challenge a few days later when he was defeated by Kevin Owens for the NXT title. After spending a few months in NXT as one half of the hype rose with Mojo Raleigh, he continued to float around the main roster on Superstars. Ryder would replace the injured Neville in a seven-man ladder match for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania 32. The replacement Ryder would go on to win the match and his first Intercontinental title. As he did when he won the U.S. title back in December 2011, he celebrated with his father. His glory was fleeting, though. Ryder would lose the title the next night to the man he pushed off the ladder just before he grabbed the belt, which was The Miz, with help from a returning Maurice. Ryder would get a return match at the SmackDown tape the next night, but was defeated by Miz again. In July 2016, the High Brothers were reunited when a debut in Mojo, Mojo Raleigh came to Ryder's rescue after he was assaulted by Rusev. The duo experienced mixed success when in December, after winning a tag team battle royal to determine the top contenders for the titles, Ryder injured his knee, sidelining him indefinitely. As of this writing, he has, he has, not, yet, he has, he has not returned to competition. Ryder, who was listed among the 100 most influential Twitter users in sports in July 2011, had a small hit single, Hosky, in 2013. The song got over 100,000 views in four days and cracked the top 100 on the iTunes pop music chart. Cardona is also a cancer survivor. The cancer resided in his foot and would spread to his lungs while he was in high school. He missed a year of school to battle the disease. Cardona had previously dated fellow wrestler Tennille Dashwood, who WWE fans may know, of course, as Emma. He's also a huge Ghostbusters fan and periodically wears Ghostbusters-themed attire in his matches. And that's what we have, ladies and gentlemen, for part one of our wrestling history. We have another interesting part here today here, ladies and gentlemen. We have another birthday, a big-time birthday here. And it is, of course, I will go ahead and say who it is. As we go ahead and proceed ahead, it is a happy 61st birthday for Leon Allen White, best known to wrestling fans as Big Van Vader. And here's some history on Big Van Vader. Born in Lindwood, California, but lived in Compton, the 11-pound, 23-inch born White was born to a 4-foot-10-inch mother and a 6-foot-6-inch father. His father, who was an underwater welder for the United States Navy, developed an automobile hoist, which enabled his family to move from the rough south-central area of Los Angeles to Bell, California. <coughs> Excuse me. At Bell High School, White played football, where he became one of the top centers in the country. 
40 different schools recruited White, and he settled on the University of Colorado. He became a two-time All-American offensive lineman and would be drafted in the third round, 80th overall, of the 1978 NFL Draft. He would play only two seasons in the NFL due to a ruptured patella, but would play <clears throat> in Super Bowl fourteen against the Pittsburgh Steelers. After being encouraged to get pro wrestling a shot by a man who saw him during his college football days, White would give pro wrestling White would give pro wrestling a shot. Under the training of Brad Regans, White would join the American Wrestling Association as Baby Bull in 1985. He would be renamed Bull Power. Officials were so impressed with his work, he would get an AWA world title match against Stan Hansen. White moved to Japan, would move to Japan in 1987. He officially signed with All Japan, but AJPW owner Giant Baba traded his contract to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was renamed Big Van Vader, based on a warrior from Japanese folklore. The black masked Vader was introduced as Takeshi Kitano's newest client and the men in a match with the worn-down Antonio Inoki. Vader needed just three minutes to defeat the virtually defenseless Inoki. The Sumo Hall crowd was so salty about the result, the crowd began to riot. The result was New Japan was banned from running shows in their home arena. The ban was lifted in early 1989. In April 1989, <clears throat> Vader would win an eight-man tournament defeating Shinya Hashimoto in the final match to become the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, making him the first Gajin wrestler to hold the prize. He would lose the title just a month later to Salman Hashminikov, but would regain it in August when the man that defeated Salman for the title, Ricky Choshu. Vader would hold the title until the following August when he was defeated by Choshu. Later in the year, he would defeat Otto Wands for the Catch Wrestling Association World Heavyweight title. He often traveled between Japan and Europe during his time as champion. In November, he defeated El Connect for the Universal Wrestling Association World title, making him the first and to this day only man to hold World Heavyweight titles on three continents at once. In February 1990, Vader took on Stan Hansen in an All Japan and New Japan co-promoted event. Hansen accidentally broke Vader's nose with the bow up before the match began. Then during the bout, Vader had his right eye poked accidentally by Hansen, causing the eye to pop out of its socket. Vader would remove his mask and push the eye back. Vader would finish the bout, which went to a no contest. Vader would have a metal plate under his right eye. Vader's successes in Japan got him noticed by WCW. He made his debut for WCW at the 1990 Great American Bash, where he quickly defeated Tom Zink. Later in the year, he reunited his feud with Stan Hansen, this time for All Japan Pro Wrestling. In December, Vader, wrestling as Bull Power, as he did in his, all his matches in Europe, defeated Rambo in a tournament final for the CWA World Heavyweight title. Vader lost the title in June 1990 to Otto Wands. It would be Wands' retirement match, and the title was vacated. The win came 10 days after El Connect re regained the UWA World title from Vader in Mexico. Vader held the CWA World title until the following July when he was defeated by Rambo. Now, I don't think that was Sylvester Stallone, along with somebody else named Rambo. In January 1991, Vader defeated Tatsumi Fujinami to win the IWGP heavyweight title for the third time. His reign was brief. Just 46 days later, Tatsumi Fujinami would regain the title from Vader. Vader would gain a measure of revenge when he defeated Fujinami to become the first 
CWA Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion in December, but the title would be vacated when he joined WCW in 1992. Before joining WCW full-time, Vader won one last title in Japan, the IWGP Tag Team titles with Bam Bam Bigelow in March of 1992. They would lose the titles to the Steiner Brothers in part due to Vader suffering a knee injury. White, who had been used in WCW in limited capacity in 1990, would join WCW full-time in 1992. Managed by Harley Race, Vader would receive a world title match against Sting in April of 92. Sting suffered two cracked ribs and a ruptured spleen from a Vader bomb. Sting was mostly sidelined, leaving Vader defeated with Nikita Koloff in the interim. He would eventually defeat Sting for the WCW world title at the Great American Bash in July. He would only hold the title for three weeks due to re-injuring his knee. Ron Simmons, substituting for Sting, would win the title from Vader. Vader would not return to Halloween Havoc, at which point he went on a tear. He retired Nikita Koloff, legitimately broke, broke the back of jobber Joe Thurman, after making it to the finals of the King of Cable tournament, he lost in the final to Sting at Starcade. And by the end of the year, he regained the WCW World Heavyweight title from Simmons. He would lose it and regain it over a one-week period on a European tour to and from Sting. In late February 1993, White joined the Union of Wrestling Force International as Super Vader to avoid possible trademark issues with WCW. His biggest victory there came when he won the Best of the World Tournament for the UFWI World Heavyweight title in August of 1994. After a pay dispute, Vader left the promotion. Back in WCW, Vader would feud with Cactus Jack. The two had a pair of very violent encounters. The first one saw Cactus Jack suffer a broken nose and a laceration that required 27 stitches to close. The bout was, hev- was heavily edited for broadcast per standards and practices at the time for WCW. In a rematch the next week, Vader powerbombed Jack onto a concrete floor. Jack suffered a concussion and temporary loss of feeling in his left hand and leg. The injuries, particularly the concussion, turned Captain Jack into an amnesiac, KFAB, who went in search of his past. In the meantime, Vader would feed next with the incoming Davy Boy Smith. The feud lasted into the summer, and Smith would defeat Vader on consecutive pay-per-views at Sunbury via DQ, and again at Beach Blast when Smith and Sting defeated Vader and Sid Vicious, the masters of the Powerbomb. Vader's feud with Captain Jack ended at Halloween Havoc when he defeated Jack in a Texas death match with help from Harley Race and a cattle prod. Their final notable WCW bout against one another came in March 94 in Munich, Germany. The bout is famously remembered for Mick Foley, who, of course, was Captain Jack, losing his right ear when his head became trapped in the ropes and he having to free himself from extremely tense ropes. Vader was set to face Sid Vicious at Starcade, but the bout was aborted when Sid got into a fight with Arn Anderson in a hotel in England. One that resulted in Anderson receiving multiple stab wounds, Sid was fired from the company, forcing WCW to quickly find a replacement. Rick Flair would go in his place. In storyline, Vader would not accept Rick Flair's challenge unless he agreed to put his career on the line. Flair accepted and at Starcade defeated Vader for the WCW World Title. The feud continued to 1994 when Flair defeated Vader in a Thunder Cage match at Super Bowl IV. It would not be until Starcade in December when Vader won gold again. He defeated Hacksaw Jim Duggan for the WCW United States Championship.
Vader separated from Harley Race in early 1995 due to Race requiring hip replacement surgery following an automobile accident, forcing Race from WCW. Left to fend for himself, Vader confronted Hulk Hogan and challenged him to a WCW World Title match. The two men at Super Bowl V, while Vader kicked out of Hogan's finishing leg drop at one, Vader was still disqualified when Ric Flair ran in and attacked Hogan. A return match was signed for uncensored. Hogan defeated Vader in a strap match. Well, sort of. Ric Flair in drag was dragged through all four corners. Just days after uncensored, Vader was stripped of the United States Championship for hospitalizing Dave Sullivan. The strip aired a month later. Vader would get one more shot at the World Heavyweight title at Bash of the Beach. He aligned with Kevin Sullivan's Dungeon of Doom to gain an advantage. But Hogan would win when he escaped the cage first. His repeated failures when the WCW World title got him into a feud, got him in a feud with Ric Flair. Vader defeated Flair and Arn Anderson at Clash of the Champions 31 in a handicap match. The win got the attention of Hogan as he needed help against the Dungeon of Doom. Vader accepted, joining Hogan, Randy Savage, and Sting for the annual War Games match at Fall Brawl. The team never came to fruition. Vader would be fired from WCW after he got into a locker room brawl with Paul Orndorff. And a bit of trivia, Vader was booked to challenge Hogan on the second ever episode of Nitro for the WCW title. That shot went to the returning Lex Luger, who appeared on the debut Nitro. Uh, after a brief stopover at New Japan Pro Wrestling, where he was defeated by Antonio Inoki on her annual January 4th show in 1996, Vader joined the WWF as the man they call Vader. He was nearly called the Mastodon. Heavenly hyped for weeks, he debuted in the Royal Rumble match as the 13th entrant. He would eliminate four men from the match before being eliminated by Shawn Michaels, who eventually won the Rumble. Vader snapped and attacked everyone still in the bout, forcing a match restart. After Vader defeated Savio Vega with the next night on Raw, Vader assaulted WWF officials. Then President Gorilla Monsoon demanded Vader cease his attacks. Uh, he would be assaulted, too. This is believed to be the first time an acknowledged WWF authority figure was physically harmed on their programming. Vader would be suspended for his actions. In reality, it was a write-off for him so he could get shoulder surgery. Thanks to Jim Cornette, Vader would not be gone long as he successfully campaigned for his reinstatement. Vader returned at In Your House 6, Rage in the Cage, in February and attacked Yokozuna as he was sent to defeat the British Bulldog. Vader would handcuffed and beat down Jim Cornette's former client. The match was set was set up a battle of behemoths at WrestleMania 12 that was changed to a six-man tag between Camp Cornette members Vader, Owen Hart, and the Bulldog against Yokozuna, Jake Roberts, and Ahmed Johnson. Had Yokozuna's team won, he would have had five minutes with Jim Cornette. It never came to pass as Vader defeated Roberts at the event. Vader next feuded with WWF champion Shawn Michaels, Vader got the deciding fall in a six-man tag match when he pinned Michaels at In Your House 9 International Incident, leading Vader to challenge Michaels for the title at SummerSlam. Despite two restarts by Cornette, following Vader wins by Canon and DQ, Michaels retained the title. Vader's next major feud came against The Undertaker. The two men at the Royal Rumble event in January 1997, with Vader winning thanks to The Undertaker's former manager, Paul Bearer, the two have been split since the previous year SummerSlam. Following the bout, Vader would take on Bearer as his manager. Vader and the Undertaker returned later in the evening for the Royal Rumble match and figured into its controversial ending. 
Steve Austin was eliminated by Bret Hart late in the match. However, none of the referees saw it as they were trying to separate Terry Funk and Mankind. Austin saw this as an opportunity to get back in. He eliminated both Undertaker and Vader, as well as Bret Hart, who was eliminating the fake Diesel, who, of course, later on we know as Kane, making him the winner of the match. The controversial finish led to a four-way battle royal in your house 13, Final Four, with Austin, Hart, Undertaker, and Vader all fighting for the vacated WWF title. Undertaker would eliminate Vader from the bout. Hart would go on to win the match and the title, only to lose it to Psycho Sid the next night. Vader and Mankind would briefly become reluctant partners and face Owen Hart and British Bulldog for the WWF tag titles. The match at WrestleMania 13 went to a double countout. While on tour in Kuwait in April 1997, Vader appeared on Good Morning Kuwait with Mark Calloway, a.k.a. The Undertaker, at the time WWF champion. Asked by the host if wrestling was fake, Vader flipped the table and assaulted the host. Vader would spend 10 days under house arrest and had to pay a small fine later in the year. Following In Your House 16 Canadian Stampede, Vader would be defeated by the Patriots. Vader attacked Patriot post-match when Patriot went after Bret Hart. Hart laid the Canadian flag over Patriot just as Vader was set to do his Vader bomb. Vader changed his mind, broke the Canadian flag, and went after Hart. The action turned Vader's face and made him a player in the U.S.-Canadian border war. This led to a Team USA versus Team Canada Survivor Series match at the show of the same name. Vader teamed with Goldust, Mark Merrill, and Steve Blackman, who was replacing the Patriot. They would be defeated by the Canadian contingent of British Bulldog, Jim Neidhart, Doug Furness, and Philip LaFond. During the bout, Goldust walked out on his team, leading to a feud between Goldust and Vader. Vader would defeat Goldust at the 98 Royal Rumble event, but Goldust would get a measure of revenge in the Royal Rumble when the Royal Rumble match, he eliminated Vader. Vader's final major feud was against Kane. The two men at No Way Out of Texas Kane defeated Vader following a chokeslam and tombstone pile driver. Post-match, Kane assaulted Vader with a large steel winch. Vader's television return wouldn't come until two months later at Unforgiven when he stopped Kane from leaving the Inferno match. But would meet again in a mass versus mass match at Over the Edge. Vader would use a wrench on Kane, but Kane would recover and go on to win the bout in Vader's mask. In a post-match interview with Michael Cole, Vader eliminated his place in the WWF made the biggest mistake of my life. Maybe Vader time is over. I'm a piece of SHIT, a big fat piece of SHIT. Vader would essentially be a jobber to the stars over his final few months, losing to Mark Henry, losing his final pay-per-view bout against Bradshaw breakdown in a no-holds-barred match, losing to Edge a few days later on Sunday Night Heat, and finally to Ken Shamrock in a triple threat match that included Mankind in Madison Square Garden in late October. Vader briefly considered retirement, but eventually relented and, and negotiated his own release from the company. Vader left the WWF for All Japan in late October 1998 and would team with his old rival Stan Hansen. The two made into the finals of the world's strongest tag determination league, but were defeated by Kenta Kobayashi and Jun Akiyama. On March 6, 1999, Vader uh, defeated Akira Toei, the All Japan Triple Crown Championship. The next month, he would win the champion carnival, defeating Kobayashi in the final. Vader held the triple crown until Mitsuharu Masawa defeated him on May 2nd, but Vader would win it back on in Halloween in 1999. He lost the title to Kenta Kobayashi in February of 2000. Following the loss, Vader took some time off. He would resurface a year and a half later for Pro Wrestling Noah 
In October, he teamed with Two Cold Scorpio to become the first GHC Tag Team Champions. Vader would appear sporadically across the wrestling world over the next few years before stepping away. He wrestled one match for TNA in 2003, teaming with Dusty Rhodes to defeat, to defeat the Harris Brothers. Wrestled a three-on-one handicap match with Goldust and Jonathan Coachman against Batista substituting for Stone Cold and on the Japanese and American independent circuit. After calling it a career in 2007, White began working as a high school football coach. He stepped out of retirement quite a few times, most notably in 2010, as Vader Time 5 returned to the Emperor, and 2011 on special tribute cards for Tsunami Relief in Japan with his son Jesse for Wrestle Reunion Los Angeles, All Japan Pro Wrestling, and WWE in 2012, and then also in TNA in 2015. In April 2016, White inducted his rival tag team partner and friend Stan Hansen into the WWE Hall of Fame. That August, after getting into a Twitter spat with British wrestler Will Osprey, Vader defeated him, him at a Revolution Pro Wrestling show. In April 2017, Vader appeared for Japanese independent promotion Tradition, founded by Tatsumi Fujinami. Following a six-man tag team match, Vader fell down to one knee, then collapsed. First off, it would be due to dehydration. He later said it was due to be dropped on his head. Vader is scheduled to face... Sabu at a pro wrestling syndicate show in September. In 1995, Vader appeared as Goliath in the live action adaptation of Fist of the North Star. He also made three appearances as Frankie Stachino Sr. on the 1990s comedy series Boy Meets World. He also appeared in the, in the WCW crossover episode of Baywatch, Bash at the Beach. Years of alcohol abuse and travel caused his wife Grace to leave him in 2007. White, white drinking and quit drinking and underwent double knee replacement surgery, but the but the but the wound became infected and he would be bedridden for six months. It it only got worse. Soon after he recovered, he passed out while traveling to Japan for an autograph session. He was in a coma for more for more than a month and lost over 100 pounds. Upon recovery, he was put in touch with the Wounded Warriors Alliance and attended their program. He credits the experience in saving his life. White, a born-again Christian, is now a motivational speaker and counselor for the group. White was voted the Wrestler of the Year by Pro Wrestling Illustrated and Wrestling Observer Newsletter in 1993. The same year he was ranked the number two singles wrestler in the world by PWI, White would be an inaugural member of Wrestling Observer Newsletter's Hall of Fame in 1996. Now, young, there it is right there. Happy 61st birthday to... Uh, to uh, Big Van Vader, as well as, of course, happy uh, happy birthday as well to Long Island, the Long Island IC, Zach Ryder. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's go ahead, ladies and gentlemen, bring you, of course, our from our lineup here for all of our shows here in the radio network for this week. First off, of course, <clears throat> tomorrow afternoon, our Monday afternoon tradition, WWS Raw Radio, King NWO, Gerard T. Smith, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, the human suplex machine, John Gross, as well as the plethora of guests. We'll be, of course, bringing you the latest wrestling news and views, a history and birthday sport this past weekend, and also for tomorrow. Also, some general wrestling talk as well. Uh, some other talk, maybe not a, not necessarily wrestling related, but there'll definitely be something there. And, of course, we'll be, we'll be giving you our thoughts and opinions on what the main event for tomorrow night's Monday Night Raw will be, as well as, of course, 
but we think the ratings are going to be for tomorrow night's show. So be sure to join everyone on George, JD, and the gang for Raw Radio tomorrow afternoon from 3 to 5 right here on TalkShoe.com. Call ID 138-744-POUND. Next up, of course, on Tuesday will be our Double Dose Part 1. First off, of course, we start with WWS Wrestling Revisited. Join King Ice as they hop into the WWS Time Machine once again and visit another moment in professional wrestling history. Wrestling Revisited will be, tomorrow, will be Tuesday night at from 7 to 8 right here on TalkShoe.com. That call ID being <clears throat> 139-926-POUND. Next up here, ladies and gentlemen, will be, of course, the Mothership Broadcast, WWS Revolution. <clears throat> As once again, we'll be bringing you the latest wrestling news and views, also the latest history of birthdays for Tuesday, as well as, of course, giving our thoughts and opinions on tomorrow night's Monday Night Raw show. Uh, Tom Malata, a few little wrestling extras will be coming your way. And, of course, our uh, live video radio network group tour will be setting up a live video feed from WWS Legacy. So be sure to join us this Tuesday night for Revolution. Call ID 138055-POUND from 9 to 11 p.m. This Wednesday, of course, is our Triple Threat Wednesday, of course. Be sure to join us, first of all, for WWS Outside the Ropes, as myself and the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, will be bringing you, of course, the latest pop culture headlines coming up from around the world of movies, music, sports, politics, you name it. Uh, I'll be bringing you some stories via Four-Letter Mania. J.D. will be bringing you some other stories as well. And, of course, we'll put J.D. back in the hot seat one more time as we, of course, we continue to do the Hot Seat Movie Trivia Challenge. So be sure to join us for Outside the Ropes from 6.30 to 7.30 this Wednesday night. Call ID 141387-POUND. <clears throat> uh, Next up, of course, from 8 to 9, Wednesday night will be WWS Wrestling Debate. Join the NWO Madness Kingdom, of course, King and WO, the Iceman, and the Black Widow as they discuss and debate over a topic here in pro wrestling. could be from wrestling's past or present. But they'll have some big-time discussions on that as well. Hope that maybe they have a few guests on as well. Be sure to join in for wrestling debate Wednesday night from 8 to 9. Call ID 139925. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, of course, WWS Revolution will return once again. Uh, As always, we will be giving you our wrestling news and views here segment, as well as, of course, our more history and birthdays, our thoughts and opinions on Tuesday night SmackDown Live broadcast, the results there. Of course, more wrestling extras coming your way. Plus, the Radio Network Group Tour will be setting up our live video feed in WWF US Beginning of History. So be sure to join us for Wednesday, the Wednesday edition of Revolution, 9 to 11 p.m. Call ID 138055-POUND, WWS Revolution. Next up, of course, ladies and gentlemen, will be our Double Dose Part 2. First off, we'll start off. Uh, uh, we will, of course, uh, be watching this evening and make sure we'll have an episode in of Top Hill Inc., of course. Uh, featuring, of course, the NWO Madness Kingdom one more time as they talk about some big-time wrestling discussion. They'll always be healing it up, as we always say. Of course, call ID 140562. Top Hill Inc. will be on this Thursday night from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on TalkShoot.com. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, our second installment of the Radio Network will also be on Thursday night from 9 to 11. Of course, NWO Wolfpack. It will be, as we count down, of course, to episode number 100. This will be episode number 99 that we will be having here this week. <clears throat> as our, of course, we'll delay, we'll be, be, once again bring you the latest wrestling news and views, the latest history and birthdays, and also, of course, big-time wrestling extras and other general wrestling talk 
with our live video feed coming from NWOUS Forever for Life. So be sure to join us for episode number 99 of Wolfpack this Thursday night from 9 to 11. Call ID 138-521-POUND. And, of course, this Friday, of course, be sure to join us for <clears throat> the Friday edition of Revolution. As once again, we will bring you the latest wrestling news and views, the latest history and birthdays, and, of course, some uh, wrestling astros and all, as well as some big-time wrestling talk. Of course, from everyone here in the panel, way too tough to handle, King and W.O. George D. Smith, the Iceman, J.D. Jerry, did you all know? The Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, and, of course, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross. This Friday night from 9 to 11 p.m., call ID 138055 pound. And, of course, this Saturday afternoon, we will be returning to our 4 o'clock time slot for this coming Saturday's edition of WWS Power Hour. As once again, myself and the Iceman, or myself and King W.O., or the, all three of us, you never know who it could be. We bring you, of course, our thoughts and opinions on all the shows of the, of the radio network that we did this week, as well as, of course, our weekend wrestling history for this coming Saturday, as well as, of course, our our the listen for the number of update with number of downloads according to TalkShow.com for all of our shows this week. So be sure to join us for Power Hour this Saturday afternoon at four o'clock <clears throat> right here on TalkShow.com. That call ID, of course, as always, is one four one three six four pound. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there you, there you have it. There it is, all of our shows here for this week. And, of course, we did bring it to history here. Let's go ahead and see what we have and see if we have any updates on the number of downloads here from this past week and see if we have any any current updates. Uh, first off, we did do a special edition of Wrestling Profile this past uh, Thursday. Uh, let's see here. As a matter of fact, yes, we have an update here. It's updated as of actually just a few moments ago, about 10, 11 p.m. here this evening. Wrestling Profile managed to only get in one download here uh, this past week, of course, for the episode here that we did on the late Owen Hart that took the place of Top Hill Heat this past uh, Thursday night. Let's see how outside, let's see if outside the ropes gain any more traction. Uh, outside the ropes managed to continue with just the one download for, for that. Let's, hit power, let's check Power Hour's uh, stats as well. Power Hour managed to continue with three downloads. The Power Hour did got a little bit of a raise up there, ladies and gentlemen. Very good indeed. That could have been accounted for also the downloading past episodes. That's one thing that really helps us, ladies and gentlemen, if you go back and listen to a lot of our older episodes of some of these shows. Uh, Top Hill Inc., uh, even though we, I will say that we didn't have an episode on Thursday night, but King W.O. did do one last Sunday, so that, that may have been a factor here. Uh, Top Hill Inc. only managed to stay with nine downloads, which was uh, very good indeed. Uh, so, my, so uh, of course, one of the shows hosted by King and W. Rush himself uh, got a great number here this past week, so my congrats to uh, King and W.O. For that, for that number. Uh, let's see how Wrestling Revisited did for this past week. Uh, Wrestling Revisited managed to get in two downloads. So it, it took a little bit, of, it rose up a little bit, I mean, but like I said, still doing tremendous. And like I said, I urge everyone to listen to all these shows. These are some great shows that, uh, these are some great episodes that these folks do, and they take the time to do this, but they want, they want uh, to have you, they want you to listen to everything they have to say because of the group. They want 
to have your opinions on this on all this as well. Wrestling debate. Uh, we didn't get an episode of Wrestling Debate in this past week, but it did actually manage to get in two downloads this past week. So a lot of folks were listening in on the uh and listening to some past episodes of that which that kinda helped out the numbers there a little bit. Uh let's see how Law Radio did here. While radio managed to get in uh, two downloads, so that was that number was kind of a factor in right there. Yes. Let's see your NWO. Let's see. Uh, that was just cut now. Let's see how NWO Wolfpack did. NWO Wolfpack only managed just to get in the one download that we reported here just uh, this last week, this I mean, this last night on Power Hour. Now let's see how Revolution did. Uh, Revolution did raise up, but got rose up a little bit. It managed to get in. A uh, total of uh, six downloads here, counting all three episodes this past week. So, kind of half of what it did the week before, but uh, that's okay. We got in some, we got in some good. Uh, we're still getting in some good amounts for that and all. But the uh, revolution, we're still doing a terrific job. Of course, this is the, as we call it, a mothership because she was the very first show in the radio network. And of course, the, of course, we always got to talk about the promotions as well. So a lot of people do actually listen to some of the promotions here. Uh, they want to stay informative as well. And this past week, they managed to get in uh, managed to get in three downloads, which is very good as well. So uh, there'll they'll be, no, be no doubt, of course, of a pretty good number here for this. Uh, come, uh, come, like I said, here this week. So we, so we do think we do thank everyone here for the. We do, we do thank everyone for listening in on all of our shows here in the radio network. And also, I think due to the success of our live video feeds as well, we do thank everyone here for, of course, of course, uh, uh, of course, taking notice in all of the groups that we have, and of course, uh, even joining the groups that way they can they can watch the videos and maybe add some perspective on, of course, what the groups are all about and everything like that. So we appreciate all that as well. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you very much for listening in to our, our weekly promo here, here this week. Of course, once again, happy birthdays go out to Zach Ryder and to Vader uh, today as they share a birthday here today on May the 14th on Mother's Day. And, of course, once again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there this week. Uh, <clears throat> and, of course, uh, continue to do everything you do for your children. Love your children. Don't ever take them for granted. And... They show love to them. They show love to you back. And be a love that will never, ever be forgotten. This is Mr. WWS, Chad Hintrons, and thank you so much for joining us here tonight. And we'll be, of course, getting things for our rock and roll with Wall Radio tomorrow afternoon from 3 to 5. Of course, join uh, GTS, JD, John, and the rest of the gang as they, of course, give you all the big-time wrestling talk here to start off the week. <clears throat> and, the, and this is, of course, our promos. This is our weekly promo of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com, where, we're two, where we are two years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. 
Thank you very much for listening in here tonight. There, folks, and listening to all of our shows this week. While Radio Wrestling Revisited, Outside the Ropes, Wrestling Debate, Top Hill Inc., Power Hour, and, of course, Revolution and Wolfpack. <clears throat> so take care. See you in the ring. Of course, as Jerry Springer always says, take care of yourselves and also each other. And as always here in the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com, God bless everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.